This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Homestead Journey Podcast. My name is Brian Wells. I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. This is episode number 100. And 35. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the fact that I almost blew it. I almost messed up big time here on the homestead, but I was actually able for once to get my priorities straight. And so I want to share that with you. But before we get into that, let's jump on over to this week's homestead happenings and I'll bring you up to speed with what we've been up to here on 3B Farm and Homestead. The first thing I wanted to do was provide you with a bit of a garden update. The garden is really exploding, especially the raised beds have just really come into their own. And we have begun enjoying a lot of produce from the garden. We've been enjoying, of course, lettuce and radishes and snow peas and green onions. We've had several salads. Today, we actually had some spinach in our salad. So that's all very, very exciting and very, very fulfilling. But the deer have discovered my garden. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the deer damage and why it became so extensive in the garden this week. But when I was up there today getting some greens for a salad, I realized that there are sections of beets that they have almost mowed down to the ground, beans that they have just decimated. They've started to get into the peas. And so after I get done recording this podcast, I'm going to be going out and actually putting up some fencing. I tried to put up some electric wire that's not really hooked up to electric as a means of trying to keep them out, but that certainly does not seem to have done the trick. And so I have some field fencing that I'm going to be putting up and we will see whether or not that works. But that is very, very disappointing because that garden is really starting to explode. And so hopefully I'll be able to salvage (laughs) some of this. I'm not sure whether or not the beets will even come back. I'm not sure whether or not the beans will bear, but They didn't get all of the beans. They didn't get all of the beets. That's one of the beauties of the square foot garden method is that you kind of plant in, instead of long rows, you plant in blocks. And so I have beets scattered throughout my gardens. I have beans scattered throughout my garden. And so therefore, there are sections that they have not touched yet. And so my goal is to get out there, get that fencing up and see whether or not we can keep them out. Ah, it's always something, but it is very exciting to see that garden just really explode in growth. The Ruth Stout bed is not doing quite as well, but I didn't plant that until much later than the raised beds. And so we'll see whether or not that comes into its own. The English peas are doing very well in the Ruth Stout bed. I believe that's the first thing I planted it all this year. And they're really starting to come into their own. My guess is we will begin harvesting them towards the end of this week. 
And I'm very excited about that because Brian Jr. really, really loves English peas, which is why I grow them. The potatoes in the roost out bed are starting to pop up here and there, but not as well as I'd hoped. We'll see whether or not any more come up, but that has been a little bit disappointing. However, the potato tower looks very, very good. And a couple of the grow bags or feed sacks really that I filled with dirt are starting to pop as well. So that's all very exciting. And we will continue to see how things progress at the far end of the roost out bed is where I have all of my squash and melons and some of that is up and looking very well. My cucumbers were up as well as the pinto beans. Those were looking well in the roost out bed. So very excited about that. We will see how things progress. But one of the things right now, it's been very, very dry and it has gotten very, very hot. In fact, right now it's over 90 degrees, which I know for people down South, that's probably not very hot. But for us, that is unbearably hot, especially considering that tomorrow, I believe it's supposed to be down in the 60s. So we get these very odd swings in temperature. But as a result, I'm actually indoors right now, mid-afternoon on Sunday, recording this podcast with the hope that it will cool off a little bit this evening, and then I will be able to get out, put up that fencing around the garden, as well as put up some T-posts and some wire for my grapevines, which currently are either lying on the ground or tipping over the temporary trellis that I have in place. So I'm going to be putting up some T-posts putting up some wire, and then I will hopefully secure those grapevines to that and we will see how things go. But that is a project for this evening when hopefully things cool off a little bit. This week was chicken processing week here on the homestead. We did that on Wednesday. My dad came down with his chickens and we processed about 53 to 55 chickens. And it was a little bit disappointing. I'm not going to lie. We actually pushed them to nine weeks. We usually butcher at eight weeks. And I'm glad we went to nine and wish we would have gone to 10. My dad's birds dressed out very, very light. I think averaged less than four pounds a bird. Mine averaged about, about four and a quarter pounds. The difference in the way that we raised them, my dad kept his enclosed the entire time. I had mine out in a chicken tractor but certainly not the yields that we are used to getting. And it was a little bit disappointing to me. So I'm not really quite sure what the deal was. My dad raised his the exact same way that he's raised them in the past. And he's always had five pound birds. I raised mine a little bit different. I, in the past, have kept them in basically a large run. This year, I put them in the chicken tractor with the idea of putting them on grass and I thought that that would be a better option. And to be frank, I liked it a little better. I do wish I would have moved the chicken tractor a little bit more towards the end. But by and large, I was really happy with the health of the birds. I just wasn't very happy with the end result. And so I think the next time around, we're going to try using Murray McMurray Hatchery and their Jumbo Cornish Cross. Jack Polner has great luck with them. My only concern with them is they cost about twice as much as the chicks that I have been getting from my current hatchery. And so we will see whether or not that initial investment 
actually pays off in the end as far as yield goes. So it's always an experiment here on the homestead. We will see how things go, but it was certainly a very, very long day of chicken processing. I was up a little after six, getting the final preparations done. My dad arrived, I think around 8.30, and I was wrapping up at about 8.30 at night. Now, that's because not only did we dispatch them and process them, but we also chose to part some of them out and vacuum seal them. And so that certainly took a little bit longer than shrink wrapping the whole birds using the poultry shrink bags. But I'm certainly glad to have that out of the way and to have those chickens off of the farm And certainly it was a beautiful day for chicken processing. It wasn't too hot. Might have been almost a little too cold, to be frank, for especially for June. And then as soon as that was over with, it just got stupid hot. And it's been stupid hot the last several days. The last thing I wanted to share with you is Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the focus around here was on my son's Eagle Scout project. So Brian Jr. is a Boy Scout. I'm actually the Scoutmaster for his troop. And so Thursday, Friday, and Saturday was focused on getting his Eagle Scout project done. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, and it was very hot. Thankfully, we were in the woods where it was very shady, so we weren't getting mercilessly beat on by the sun. And it was just a lot of fun to see him provide leadership and really to see some of those younger scouts in our troop just really step up. They were, they were, they were beasts. It was very, very fun to work with them. And just so proud of my son for that accomplishment. He has one merit badge left to finish up. And then he will be an Eagle Scout. And so I am very, very excited about that. Very proud of him for that. And that certainly was a big part of the week here on the homestead. So with that said, let's jump on over to this week's charting the course. So this week, I almost screwed up big time. I almost blew it. Let me explain. On Tuesday evening, I was really rushing to try to get everything set up for Wednesday's chicken processing day. In fact, I believe I had actually started the setup on Monday evening, dragging things out, getting things set up. But Tuesday, I was just really head down trying to get that done. And I didn't have everything in place before it was time for us to go to Boy Scouts. Tuesday evening is our Boy Scout meeting night. So we went to Boy Scouts and the meeting actually ran a little bit longer than it normally does. So I was already getting home a little bit later. And I had, of course, hanging over my head the fact that tomorrow is chicken processing day and I still have things left to do. Brian J was driving. And as we pulled into the driveway, he said to me, he said, hey, dad, he said, do you want to go for a ride with me and just hang out? He said, I need to run over to work. He had left some tip money there. He needed to pick that up. And so he said, do you want to ride with me? And I started to say, oh, but I'd love to, but I have so much to do to get ready for tomorrow. And as those words started to come out of my mouth, I caught myself and I said, hold on, you, would you be disappointed if I didn't go? And he said, oh, dad, I'd be really disappointed. And I said, then let's go. When your 17 year old son says, hey, dad let's go for a ride and let's hang out. You go for a ride and you hang out. 
but I almost missed it. I almost blew it. I almost allowed the homestead to be more important than my relationship with my son. Let me share with you a couple of other stories. A friend of mine announced this week that she is putting her homestead on what she refers to as a homestead hiatus. She is somebody who in the last couple of years has really gotten back into homesteading in a big way. But what she's discovered this year is that she simply doesn't have the bandwidth to keep up with it. She sat down and she really put a lot of thought into what she needs right now versus what she wants. And she has some particular unique challenges in her life with some family members that have some disabilities. She had some equipment failures this spring and she's not a spring chicken anymore. And she's realizing that she just doesn't have the stamina that she had 10 or 20 years ago. And so she came to the realization that what she needed to do versus what she wanted to do, what she needed to do was to put her homestead on hiatus. A third story I wanted to share with you is actually someone who I've had on this podcast before and is way more well-known than I in homesteading circles, and that's Amy Dingman from A Farmish Kind of Life. And she announced a couple of weeks ago that she actually was going back to work full-time. She realized that while she was a full-time homesteader and a full-time content creator, she felt like she wasn't being as productive as she could have been with all of that time on her hands. The point in all of this, folks, is that there are things that are more important than homesteading. Whether it's your relationship with your son or whether it's needs that you have in your life and in your extended family, or whether it's your mental health or your ability to be productive, whatever it is, there are things that are more important than homesteading. Most of us do not need to homestead like our lives depend on it. And I know that runs counter to what many content creators are putting out right now. It seems to me that there are many content creators in the homesteading space who are running around like Henny Penny screaming that the sky is falling. Now, maybe it is. And I certainly have no desire whatsoever to pick a fight with other content creators. In fact, I rarely mention other content creators unless I am having them on my show as a, as a guest, or if I am simply referring to them in a positive manner. I have no desire whatsoever to go to war or to pick a fight or to pick a feud with any other content creator or any other homesteader. But there seems to be a huge level of negativity right now in the homesteading space. And maybe they're right. I don't know. Maybe the sky is falling. Certainly one of the things that COVID showed us is that our food supply is very, very fragile, that our supply chain is very, very weak. And certainly I see the signs with regards to inflation and interest rates and the chaos within the political spectrum, all of that. I'm not a fool. I I get all of that. But none of us are Nostradamus. None of us have a crystal ball. None of us can see the future. So I don't know whether or not the sky is falling. I don't know. And my hope 
with these other content creators is that this is coming from an honest place and it's not simply people trying to drive traffic to their website or trying to grow their YouTube channels or trying to grow their, their podcast audience. But I don't engage in negativity. And I don't scream that the sky is falling. Because what I've learned is that if people engage or don't engage in an activity due to fear, that decision usually doesn't last very long. At least that's been my experience. Let me give you a couple of examples. Number one, I grew up in a very conservative fundamentalist Christian family, and I spent a lot of time in church growing up, and I heard all kinds of sermons on hell and judgment and all of these kinds of things that was supposed to scare you to walking straight, that was supposed to scare you into a relationship with God. And what I found growing up, most people that responded to that, that decision didn't last. It didn't last very long. The second example I think of is the D.A.R.E. program. Now, if you're a child of the 80s or even I think the 90s, you know the D.A.R.E. program very well. D.A.R.E. to keep kids off drugs. Well, recently there was a study done on how ineffective that program was. And in fact, how it did the exact opposite. Instead of keeping kids off of drugs, it actually encouraged kids to get involved in drugs. So that's why to me, I just don't like trying to motivate people on the basis of negativity because I don't think it works. Now, people may change their habits or their lifestyle for a little bit, but they only do it until the crisis is passed. Or if the crisis doesn't come as quickly as they were told, they throw in the towel and they go back to living their life how they used to live anyhow. Folks, I don't want people getting into homesteading because they're scared. My goal is to encourage people to make this a lifestyle, a way of life. But even still, it's also important to understand that like everything, there are seasons where you may be more engaged and there are seasons when you might be less engaged because there are other things going on in your life that are more important. And that's okay. This week, my garden suffered because I was involved in my son's Eagle Scout project. I didn't see the signs that my attempt to keep the deer out had failed because I didn't spend a lot of time in my garden this week because my focus was on helping my son with his Eagle Scout project. This week, chicken processing day took a little bit longer because I spent time hanging out with my son. Now, this week, I actually got it right. Now, I wish I could say that I always get it right, but unfortunately, sometimes I don't. There have been many times when I've put the homestead ahead of my son. There have been many times when I have been so project focused that I failed to realize that Bonnie needed me to sit and listen to her talk about an issue that she was dealing with. There have been times when I should have gone kayaking with friends or I should have gone to a picnic. Or maybe I should have just lazed away an afternoon in the hammock with a good book just to recharge my batteries and for my own mental health. 
to be frank, I get it wrong more often than I get it right. And so that's why today I celebrate the fact that for once, I actually got my priorities right. And I don't say that boastfully and I don't say that pridefully. I simply share this story with you to hopefully help you do the same. Until next time, everybody, keep up the good work.